edition of Full Disclosure with the Better Government Association. David Greising is the president and CEO. David, as always, welcome back. Great to have you here. Thank you, Jim. Glad to be with you. We start this morning with another example of the important journalism being done by the Illinois Answers Project, an arm of the BGA. Uh, and their lead story on their website has to do with a tax credit proposal that could uh, be a big boost for a lot of communities around Illinois if we can get past the price tag on it, David. Yeah, if you can get past the price tag and if you can get past the state legislature, based on what's happened so far, it looks unlikely that this will pass during the spring session. But what's proposed here is a $35 million program uh, to provide uh, incentives to developers to build more affordable housing. Uh, critics of the plan say it's too expensive, that $35 million uh, won't buy enough. Uh, 100,000 units is what has been talked about uh, by the backers. Um, and there, are, there is evidence out there that this kind of investment actually does produce benefit over the long haul. About $300 million in taxes are estimated if, in fact, a program like this is implemented, but its political future remains unclear as of this moment. You know, it's a little perplexing because it seems sometimes like $35 million, that's kind of what shakes out of lawmakers' pockets when they sneeze during budget season. But, uh, uh, and, and, you know, the issue of affordable housing is such a, a critically important one, certainly here in Springfield, obviously in Chicago, but I think really in communities all all around the state. So uh, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm struggling a little bit in the overall scheme of things of a state with a 45 to $50 billion budget annually the 35 million dollar price tag on this doesn't seem all that uh, all that out of line but uh, it is something that's meeting with a lot of resistance apparently yeah absolutely uh, you're right uh, now the, the the budget hawks will say well you know 35 million dollars uh, you add that up a few times you're talking about a lot of money right. and and they're trying to say every dollar that the legislature spends is a dollar out of the pockets of illinois taxpayers i see that argument but on the other hand when you look at uh tax spending and tax credits which frankly are not paid out until the developer in this program, the developer would build the building, make that private investment, get people moved into a house, and then is when the state reimbursement would happen. Uh, that is economic development. That generates jobs. That uh, seems like a reasonable proposal, but that said, uh, it, it's not getting out of the legislature in the spring session. So uh, you go read up all about it at the uh, Illinois Answers Project website, IllinoisAnswers.org. Uh, we do know that we're going to be seeing some economic infusion into the state in 2024 as Governor J.B. Pritzker lands a big fish. The Democratic National Convention is coming to Chicago next year. Yes, absolutely. And Governor Pritzker was a key player in this effort to uh, bring the convention to Chicago. Chicago was up against New York and Atlanta. And one of the big factors that uh, helped Chicago win was its strong uh, backing for unions, that there were no, you know, all the hotels basically are uh, have union workers, whereas Atlanta in particular as a right-to-work state could not offer that and Atlanta was seen as the main competitor uh, President Joe Biden has uh, uh, a lot of love for Georgia given that it helped him win election and <laughs> put two Democratic senators 
in the Senate. Uh, but ultimately, Governor Pritzker and, and team got this for Illinois, for Illinois, for Chicago and Illinois. You know, it, it is kind of interesting with all of the talk over the last few months that uh, could J.B. Pritzker be a presidential contender in 2024 if Joe Biden didn't run for a second term? Every indication is the president is going to run for re-election. But is there still some political benefit to Pritzker to, uh, to have this showcase next year with the Democratic National Convention back in Chicago for the first time in nearly 30 years? Oh, absolutely, Jim. I, I think in the back, you know, I've not talked to the governor about this, but you have to think that in the back of his mind, he remembers what a powerful uh, speech at the Democratic Convention did for Barack Obama, or Obama when he was uh, just becoming really his first uh, step on the st- national stage. And uh, Governor Pritzker now must be rebooting his ambitions uh, to one day live in the White House, uh, given that President Biden almost certainly will be running for reelection. This is more of a longer term play, apparently, by Governor Pritzker uh, to put himself in the conversation more than he already is and to uh, do a good job along with the newly elected mayor, Brandon Johnson, of staging this convention. Yeah, that's going to be really important here, obviously, uh, a a smooth, well-run convention that really puts a a positive spotlight on Chicago, uh, benefits Chicago, benefits the state, and certainly doesn't uh, hurt uh, J.B. Pritzker's long-term prospects as well. If you do run into problems, though, that's a a different story. As you noted, uh, the emphasis on, uh, on unions... Uh, but we have seen in the past at times where conventions get, may get disrupted by well-timed strikes if unions are unhappy with uh, uh, employers in a given industry. Uh, so, And uh, obviously, a lot of folks are going to be talking about issues like crime, et cetera. We're already seeing that. One member of Congress tweeting out asking if the convention would be coming with complimentary bulletproof vests, trying to uh, you know latch on to that uh, image of Chicago. So they're going to really have to make sure their ducks are all in a row next year if they uh, want to reap the the political benefits of having the convention here. Yeah, politically, this can play both ways, not just the violence problem Chicago is experiencing, but also its fiscal distress, the the fact that uh, Illinois' population is uh, about level with a slight decline over the last number of years. Uh, There are all kinds of issues that the Republicans put on the plate, but Pritzker has emphasized the, the women's uh, rights, uh, you know, the, the, the kind of making Illinois a, a safe place for uh, abortions and it's, it's union backing as well as the ban on assault weapons. So there's a real political discourse going. This will be the subject of debate as the convention approaches. Shows the political importance of the Midwest as well. Republicans will have their convention next year in Milwaukee, just a short distance away from Chicago. So we are becoming uh, sort of the center of the political universe, at least for a while next summer. All right, we've got to take a break here. We've got more full disclosure on the way. Let's Sunshine. 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 Welcome back to Full Disclosure with David Grising, President and CEO of the Better Government Association. We're going to take a little dive now into the fascinating world of Chicago city government, a brand new mayor coming in. But the city council's also making some moves, kind of shaking up how things have been done there, maybe not shaking them up enough. Uh, David Grising, walk us through this a bit. I, for example, was really surprised to learn that until just uh, just in the very recent past, uh, the Chicago mayor chose 
knows which alderman chaired Chicago City Council committees, which I always thought the city council would take care of themselves. Now the city council is taking steps to do just that, and there's some pushback on it. Walk us through this. Well, yes, absolutely. Uh, the council has always had the right to name its own committee chairs, but now, but in in memory recent memory has never exercised that right. Uh, the council, kind of for a very brief period during Harold Washington's tenure, really tried to act like an independent legislative body. And there was a lot of high-minded talk about that, even though this was all about race, uh, yeah. a white backlash to the city's first black mayor. This effort now really is more about true legislative independence. Uh, the problem is it's been problematic in the way that it's happening. First of all, a vote was pushed through ahead of the final election for mayor uh, in an effort to lock in positions for uh, people before a new mayor would come in. And also the expansion in the number of committees from 19 committees to 28 uh, in a 50-member council, that means a committee chair for more than half of the people in the council. And that involves extra costs for taxpayers. About $5 million is the estimate of what it will cost. And so while it's really, I think, a positive move to see the city council have more independence, uh, the way they've gone about it uh, could have been a lot better. You've also been reporting with the the BGA and talking a lot about uh, committee staffing there. This is, again, something that's a little out of our frame of reference here in Springfield. We have 10 part-time aldermen. They share a single staffer, a council coordinator who works for all of them. Uh, But you apparently have uh, a lot of staffing questions to deal with as it pertains to these city council committees as well. Yes, and the unfortunate part of it in Chicago is that these staffers, while they're assigned to committees, often end up doing ward work. They end up really uh, with constituent services jobs instead of actually staffing the work of the council and the work of these specific committees. Uh, While I think arguably you could say you need a somewhat larger staff than the city council in Springfield has, uh, you probably don't need quite the staffing that the city of Chicago has. And the idea of a central pool of bureaucratic uh, uh, person power, as opposed to individual staff for committees that sometimes are abused in how they're deployed, uh, that sounds like a really good idea that Chicago ought to be looking south and think about adopting. It's very interesting reading. You can find out more at the BGA's website. Before we go, we also want to make note of uh, one uh, great new addition, uh, which is actually a returning addition to the uh, to the BGA's journalism arm. Uh, as reporter Madison Hopkins is coming back. Yes, Madison Hopkins, who won the Pulitzer Prize while working for the BGA for some reporting she did about fire safety danger in the city of Chicago, uh, had left for personal reasons to go to Kansas City uh, to a startup news operation there and to be close to family. Well, she's decided to return. She's returning to the BGA and is going to be doing the same kind of great investigative reporting that earned her the Pulitzer last year. Very exciting. So you can uh, see her work there at the BGA's uh, reporting arm. So, David, how do people reach you in the BGA the rest of the week?